Assalamualaikum warahmatullahi wabarakatuh. Everybody, welcome to today's live. Um, and today, inshallah, we are going to be doing two separate segments. Um, and one of them is in honor of a new course we're going to be launching actually today, inshallah. So um, how it's going to work is Hind, our Hind, is going to ask me some questions, um, which we've been receiving from people who have been hearing a lot about the course. You might have seen some videos um, on the Woke Woman and also my own personal site as well. Um, and inshallah, yeah, so and the second part is going to be um, on the... Uh, Part of this live is going to be uh, the questions which were asked by our community uh, in regards to the topic that they voted for, which is narrative non-fiction, okay? Inshallah, so I'm kind of excited about this. I'm kind of nervous about this. And um, I guess nervousness and excitement, actually, um, I think they actually have the same bodily functions. So I'm just going to tell my body that I'm excited, okay? <laughs> Too much information, but bismillah. I'm gonna invite our Hind to this conversation, inshallah. You are listening to the Lit Muslim Podcast. All things literature, all things enlightening. Yes, let me let me begin and ask all the questions that we that have been coming in. Um, okay, so what's the structure of the course? What can we expect from it? And do I have to attend live? Okay, so... Uh, the course that we're going to be launching today, inshallah, is going to be sent to um, is going to be sent via a link um, only through the email. So if you're interested in learning more about the course, please do sign up to our newsletter first of all. And um, second of all, uh, the name of the course is called the Right Hood. Write your book in ninety days. Um, and the the other question was, uh, do I have to attend live? Do you have to attend live? So there is no obligation to do anything. Um, the lives will be recorded, inshallah, and then we will be sending them to the attendees. Um, now, the group coaching, these, so these lives are going to be actually group coaching sessions, um, and that's the group uh, coaching um, segment of the whole program. It's, it's a whole program. There's also courses, there's on-demand videos, um, and these um, group coaching segments are going to be all together eight live sessions. Um, so that would be three uh, sessions every 30 days. Um, and that would always be on a Saturday, inshallah. And the Saturdays will be announced the month before. Um, and we will be talking about uh, whatever topic is pertaining to that particular module. And there's three modules altogether as well. Um, Beautiful. I hope I answered the question. <laughs> you did. You did. So just to recap, so it's a 90-day program. It, um, all the videos will be sent, the, the recordings will be sent to all the participants via email. Mm -hmm. um, and there is also group, a group coaching aspect of it that is three Saturdays each month for the duration of those three months, inshallah. Um, and for people to find out more, you said to sign up for the email newsletter, but can you give us like a, um, a link or, or something? Where do they go for that? Yes, um, so you would look in the bio for Woke Women and it says join the Society of Muslim Women Writers for free. Um, and then once you join that, that list, then we'll be able to send you the link um, to this course, which we're going to be basically launching um, in about an hour, inshallah. So this is kind Insh of like the pre-party for that. <laughs> <laughs> inshallah, wonderful, wonderful. Okay, so um, just to give a little bit more clarity, how many participants in each group coaching session? Okay, so we are going to limit the participants to only seven people per group session, um, coaching session, because we want to make sure that we, um, we have a certain type of attention for each person. 
Um, and we are able to kind of honor that 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 community um, relationship as well, because when there's so many people, it's really hard to uh, cater to everyone's needs. When it's a smaller group, then we're able to do that more effectively and hopefully more personally as well. And that's really the goal of these group coaching sessions as well. Wonderful. So let's say somebody signs up. You already have your seven participants and somebody wants to sign up. What happens then? Okay. Um, so we would put you on a wait list, inshallah, for the future. Um, but if that does happen, then we will definitely think about um, opening up another segment. Uh, if it is a possibility, it really it depends on the time as well. Um, it's, it's very difficult to do uh, more than one at a time of group coaching sessions. So we'll, we'll just have to see. Um, and we will definitely notify them as to what we decide to do, inshallah. So there's no guarantee that they'll be in the program um, if we reach that limit of seven. However, if there is an opening, we will definitely let them know and keep them notified um, as much as possible. Inshallah. Inshallah. Beautiful. So let's say we reach the seven. Um, you might consider opening up like a different sort of cohort. But if that doesn't happen, they will go on the wait list for the for the following three months, basically. Yes. Yes. Right. OK. OK. Very good. Um, and who is this course for? Like, who is the ideal writer that would really gain from this course? OK, so this course is specifically for Muslim women. Um, and it is for the Muslim woman who wants to finish her book. She wants to finish writing her book or she wants to start writing a book. Um, and she wants to um, learn the process through it, have a community of people around her and just have that um, editing as well, that help with editing. Um, so as I mentioned before, um, hopefully this will be a little bit more informative for the kind of person who wants to join the course. Um, but there's three main modules in the course. Uh, the first module is called Preptober. Um, and if you're a writer and you're a Muslim and you love to write novels, and this isn't just a course for people who want to write novels, it's for a course for anyone who wants to write a book. But um, just in the kind of like energy and the excitement of an, a November coming um, is something called NaNoWriMo. So um, it's a novel writing month. And what we're going to do, inshallah, is, is our group, the Write Hood, inshallah, is going to be um, Preptober. We're going to prepare for November and we're going to have our own kind of little NaNoWriMo. So 30 days. Days of just November, we're going to finish writing the book. Um, and Preptober is going to be pushing through writing blocks. Um, we're going to be talking about writing routine, just solidifying it, um, and, and going a little deep into certain issues and things, such as writer's block um, and, and, other, and other things as well that might stop a person from moving forward in, in finishing that book as well. Um, and then the the month of November, which is 30 days, like I said, is going to be the writing. And then afterwards um, is going to be December. And we're going to go a little bit into January as well, inshallah, for the 90 days. And 46, around 46 of them days is going to be just focused on editing, um, taking our time and just uh, learning the tools and everything that we need to know with um, resources such as videos on demand. Um, and also just having that open um environment for discussions and questions as well personally and also in a group setting as well um so yeah that's i hope that explains like each module so it's like preparing uh writing and then editing and hopefully finishing inshallah 
Beautiful. That's beautiful. MashaAllah. Okay. So you said that it's not just for fiction writers. So what, so is it for any genre or are there specific genres that would gain more from this course? Um, it's really for any genres. Um, and it's, it's really for anyone who is just wanting to write a book. Um, if you want to write a book of poetry, if you want to write a novel, um, if you want to write fiction or nonfiction, whatever you feel, um, it is most most aligned with the message that you want to give. Um, and that's hopefully what we're going to be working with as well, inshallah. So yes, yeah, pretty open. Beautiful, beautiful. So can you tell them again, if they want to learn more, what should they do? Okay, um, if they want to learn more, then sign up to the link in our bio, which is join the Society of Muslim Women Writers here. Um, and through that sign up, we will be sending them the link, inshallah. And um, just another note as well. So this um, this course is on offer, uh, 30% off of its original price, inshallah. You'll find out the price once you get the information on the um, from the link. Um, but this course is is it's on a sale, um, but it's only going to be on sale for the next five days, inshallah. So if you want to you know, book your spot. Um, I would definitely advise to do it as soon as possible, inshallah, because then spots might get taken up and there's no guarantee that there'll be an opening for more, um, you know, cohorts for this session specifically. Um, so we're going to be closing that on Saturday. And just an FYI as well, we're going to actually have an event on Saturday, kind of like a party um, and something hopefully that's exciting, but also it's going to be... Um, it's going to be very similar to the group coaching sessions that we're going to be having as well. So there's going to be a specific topic and it's going to be free for anyone to join just to get a taste of what we're going to be doing and um, and then explaining or answering any more questions that anyone has. Awesome. Yeah. Awesome. <laughs> Great. We're so excited. Yay. <laughs> um, there was another thing as well. So one of the sisters um, who reached out, she asked about um, her book and she said that she's completed the first draft. Um, now, with most of our conversations that we've had, um, we've spoken a lot about the importance of objectivity. And once you finish that draft to kind of take some space away from it. So if you have already finished a first draft of your book and you're not really sure what to do next, um, you have two options um, in regards to this group coaching um, and slash course as well. Um, and those two options are you can either join us for the monthly session just for one month, which is join us for the editing session um, or you can join us for all three months. And what that will do is we will talk about, we'll give you a break from that specific manuscript and then you'll um, learn, you'll kind of talk about preparing for November, inshallah. And then if you want to, you can start a whole new project and just kind of remove yourself completely from that manuscript and pour your energy into something completely different. And you'll be surprised that when we come back to the editing session, you'll be able to um, kind of come back to the manuscript that you took a break from and then and then edit that in a way which is hopefully more objective and more um more effective as well so all these rhyming words um, <laughs> but yeah so so don't don't worry if you've already finished the book um it's this is all just a tool for you to move on to the next step whatever step that is going to be inshallah beautiful beautiful you've explained that so well Aisha mashallah I don't see <laughs> I don't see any questions here but I don't usually see them so are there any questions that came on your end there isn't but there was a video request um but I think that was a mistake so oh. <laughs> 
Okay. I'll ignore that. Um, so another thing was also um, this question of actually, you know what? It completely left my mind. Never mind. Never mind. <laughs> Inshallah. <laughs> um, but if anyone else does have any questions, please just you can either direct messages on Instagram. Oh, I remember my question. Or you can just direct message me if you know me personally as well. Um, I know a lot of my sister writers, um, we, we talk uh, on WhatsApp as well. So feel free to reach out through that. Um, so my question to you is this, right? Do you think it's possible to write a book in three months from beginning to end, honestly? You're asking me? <laughs> yeah. yeah, I do. Actually, I do. <laughs> I actually, I wrote, I wrote my novel, uh, my last novel. I wrote it in NaNoWriMo. I wrote the first mm. draft in, in one month. So wow. yeah, I definitely think it's possible to do it in three Okay. Okay. Perfect. So yeah. that's what you needed to hear as a kind of like push for hope. Then there's your answer from our experience and amazing yes. <laughs> um, coach and, and publishing head hint. <laughs> Alhamdulillah. Alhamdulillah. <laughs> and just, just to be clear for everybody, Aisha, you will be the one who's running the course and the coaching sessions, correct? Yes. <laughs> Good. Yes. I just want to make sure that everybody knows that because I think um, I think that that's that's really important for them to be clear on. Inshallah, I think that that's lots cool. of people are just going to come for you. To be honest with you, but oh yeah, okay. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, you know what? I'm learning to be a bit kinder to myself. So yay! I'm the yes, yes. <laughs> um, you know, Subhanallah. We recently talked about the inner critic. Um, and I came across something, this is completely probably unrelated, but maybe, uh, you know, you'll enjoy hearing it. Um, but I, I learned something so like interesting today as well about how, um, like, you know, it's so important to be objective in the way we, we think about our feelings and how we think in general and trying to kind of separate the feeling and the thought. Um, and then also to be kind to any thoughts that we have and just understand where they come from and also and and if anyone is listening here and thinking what is she talking about um one of the greatest blocks we're actually going to talk about in preptober um in in fact next week oh by the way the course actually launches on october the 15th that's when the first day of the group sessions is going to be inshallah and um, i'm going to have three group sessions this month because it's going to be really important and um, the videos will be available too but um one of the great blocks that we're going to be talking about is going to be that inner critic um and yeah and we just have to be kinder to ourselves um but the writer who i was just reading he said something interesting too he said but then there's the warrior self as well which kind of like stands against kind of this this mentality of being present um against any any negativity that is coming towards them with whether it's internal or external and just being ready to deal with it um and and think that's the essence of being present all the time so yeah tmi tmi but it's okay that's beautiful no no that's beautiful that's beautiful <laughs> thank you wonderful um, Okay, so that was the first segment. I know it was short, but hopefully it'll get some thoughts um, running. It'll get some questions um, moving. Um, I don't know if those verbs fit the description I just basically said, but... I think, I think you, you did fine. I think you're doing fine. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so, um, so now... The next um, segment is going to be about the topic that we all voted for as a community, and that is the topic of narrative nonfiction. Um, so are you ready for this one, Hin? I'm ready. I'm ready. <laughs> okay, okay, good, good. Um, so 
I think before we begin, when I first heard that term, I was thinking, what is that? So I'm going to ask you that question. What is narrative nonfiction? (laughs) Okay, so so we all know that nonfiction is actually sort of um, factual literature that talks about factual events or people or, you know, things that actually happened or people that actually lived. Right. So it's it's fact. Now, when we say narrative nonfiction, another term for it is also creative nonfiction. Um, narrative nonfiction, basically it means that you are presenting this factual information, but in story form or in a form that is really, um, engaging for your reader. So it isn't just that you're shooting out facts at them, but you're trying to weave the facts into a story so that they really can, um, can embrace and sort of internalize that because it makes it so much easier when we're told a story than if we're just given facts about, about certain things. Um, I know that, you know, people are going to want examples and I'm, I'm really bad with coming up with examples like uh, off the top of my head. Um, but if you think about, for example, um, like, like the, the, the life cycle of a, a bird, for example, right? So I, I'm going through this issue where there is a pigeon right now who has roosted and she has laid eggs in my balcony. And um, I really, I'm kind of, I'm not happy about it because I know that they bring insects with them, right? Oh, okay. um, so this, so it's making me a little bit anxious. But, um, but this is a type of narrative nonfiction, right? So I've told you a little bit about, like, I've told you a story. But in that, you learned that, you know, pigeons, they sometimes roost on your balcony. And if I had gone in deeper, I could have explained, like, and because I was worried about the insects, I looked up, you know, their... Um, like how long it takes for the, the, um, I don't know, the chicks once they are, once they hatch, how long it takes them to fly away. And I actually did look that up and it takes them about four weeks. So, um, in about four weeks they will be gone. And so I can rest assured that there are no more insects that are going to be coming in because sometimes they're very, very tiny and they don't fly. They don't, these insects, they don't fly, but the wind carries them because they're so small. And so sometimes they get inside Again, I I gave you like factual information, but I wrapped it in a story that was Mm. actually really real. That's actually happening to me right now. So, (laughs) um, so that's, that's an example. I mean, it's kind of a weak example, but that's an example. Lots of, um, lots of memoir really relies heavily on narrative nonfiction because Mm -hmm. memoir is the story of, or stories taken from a life and so it, it's not enough for me to say if I'm if I'm telling you the story of I don't know how I got married for example right mm-hmm. if I'm telling you the story of how I got married and I just tell you you know we met on this date and then we set it a time for you know when we were going to have the reception and then we went and we booked the hall and then we that's no fun right mm-hmm. but if I tell you like you know how we met and the circumstances and then you know what kind of obstacles we had to go through in order to book the event and mm-hmm. was the hall open that day maybe it wasn't and that's another like obstacle that we had to deal with like you know mm-hmm. if I if I weave it into the this the uh, structure of the story then it becomes so much more interesting mm-hmm. and actually that's that's really what narrative nonfiction does it takes elements it takes literary elements 
um, of structure, literary techniques that you would use for fiction and literary devices that you would use for fiction. And it incorporates them into the nonfiction that you're presenting. Mm. Interesting. It's so interesting. And I just want to bounce off something that you said about the pigeons. I also was, for some reason, it's so interesting. Um, there's this there's this bird that I've seen around the area and it's called the red cardinal. I don't know, maybe oh. subconsciously that's why I wore red today, but it's, have you seen them? Have you seen They're them? They're beautiful. Card- MashaAllah, they Akbar. They're so beautiful. Yeah. And I've never heard of it like being in New York. Um, I heard that mm-hmm. it's in Mexico. And anyway, um, so I was just looking at that and researching. It, and then I also saw Blue Jay Bird. And it's it's interesting, I'm saying, because you're talking about pigeons. And I've just been a bit obsessed with birds recently. <laughs> um, <laughs> so, yeah, I, I definitely see like so uh, synchronicity there. So I'm loving it. <laughs> Alhamdulillah. Alhamdulillah. Um, <laughs> Um, and apparently the red cardinal is also a very good father it's a father the red cardinal is, is a male yeah subhanallah yeah wow. um a fun fact for you yeah. <laughs> um, and another fun fact as well just randomly is that all their hair comes off and they look like vultures and then it blooms again so um yeah it's oh wow yeah oh wow that's there's really interesting that there's a story there's a story for you so inshallah you'll yeah. be able to appreciate that one too <laughs> that's that sounds like a great children's book right <laughs> it does it does okay so, I had, <laughs> and so another thing was also um so narrative nonfiction. so we recently wrote something called the muslim quarantine journals um so would you say that that is a form of narrative nonfiction? well you'd have to look at each individual piece right? Because it's not, that's not one story. That's people's, you know, different stories. Some of the stories are are certainly narrative nonfiction, but some of them are, you know, they would be considered poetry. Um, Mm. And some of them are, uh, lots of them are narrative nonfiction, but you wouldn't really lump it all together because you have to look at each piece separately. Mm. Interesting. Interesting. Um, okay, so that's a very good answer. And I asked the next question, which was, can you please give examples of it? And you have. Um, and just to reiterate as well for our listeners, so narrative nonfiction, an example would be memoir, right? Memoir? Right. Yes, that's that's like the biggest thing that people um, think of right away when they think narrative nonfiction, because, again, it takes it takes elements from fiction, literary elements. So like um, the structure of the story and also literary devices like using imagery and things like that. So so it uses those things that we tend to associate with fiction and it incorporates them into nonfiction. Mm, OK, um, and that's probably it's very interesting because it probably makes it so much more powerful as well. Um, and it's, and it's again, interesting that you mentioned that because have you heard, you, you've had Roald Dahl, right? Yes. Roald Dahl. Yeah. So he wrote, yeah. um, he wrote like a story of his life, a boy and then solo. Um, and, and he was just talking about his accounts and some of the things, the way he spoke about them was just very vivid, very descriptive. And people were commenting how it's even more like, unbelievable than his fiction work um which was interesting because descriptions can do so much and experience as well so yes definitely definitely yes um i think we should also dedicate maybe a live or ask our listeners if they would like to hear about memoir specifically Mm. um i've heard a few people that who are interested in that too so inshallah um so i think you also answered this question but the next one was is there a plot in narrative nonfiction? 
So there can be. So there can be a plot. So if you're um, like in a, in a memoir, for example, um, if you're writing a memoir or, or reading a memoir, you'll, you'll notice that oftentimes the story, um, it, it does follow that structure of a plot. So there is some kind of a plot that's happening. You have like a main character and you have a plot, you know, the events that are, that are happening, the obstacles that come up and then the resolution at the end. So you do have that plot, but um, like, I want to say not always, like it, it, it's not a prerequisite um, because sometimes it's just, I'm telling you about emotions or I'm telling you about, you know, um, something that's in, more internal, right? T talking to you about thoughts or talking to you about, you know, things like that. So there would, there isn't necessarily, there isn't always necessarily a plot, but there certainly can be. Mm. Okay. Okay. Perfect. Um, and now the next question, the final question is, is it true that biographies and autobiographies um, which are forms of narrative nonfiction um, are less likely to sell at major publishers? This is a wonderful question. Um, and the short answer is, yes, I think so. Mm. And the longer answer is, if it is about somebody who is famous, then yeah. it, will, it will sell more easily. But if it's just about somebody who even if their life is outstanding and it's very unique, it, it takes a lot for um, a, a publisher to pick up on that. And because if the person is not already well-known, they don't, um, because they're always thinking mar marketing, right? Mm -hmm. And so they don't know how to, not that they don't know how, but they think it will be difficult to market something like this, especially if they have already on their list, um, memoirs of, or biographies of people who are famous. And mm -hmm. so how do you compare those two? You know, somebody whose life is extraordinary, but we don't know that person, mm -hmm. um, as opposed to somebody who is well known, that's, that, that book is going to sell no matter how, you know, ordinary their life is, that book is going to sell. So yes, it is, it is difficult to sell, um, uh, uh, autobiographies or biographies to publishers, but that certainly doesn't mean that you can't self-publish it because there are lots of people who go that route when they have a memoir or they have a, a biography of somebody and they know that their life is extraordinary and they want to share this information with people. Um, but at the same time, they know that it's going to be a difficult sell with the publishers. Okay, beautiful. Um, so there are options um, and there's probably it's going to be harder for you in general. We spoke about traditional publishing and the, on the last live and it, it's really difficult just to even do like, you know, try and sell your novel to them. Um, and the main reason for that is, I guess it, it, it's, it's more so on how many people are able to read that book um, or how many, basically it's the marketing, how effective yes. they're able to, are they able to sell your book um, right. from their perspective? Um, right. And and if it's a person who is, as you just said, um, maybe not as well known, then I mean, more people won't really want to pick that book up. But right. yes. Um, and, and you say that the next option for a person who might not be able to do the traditional publishing route um, or route, um, you would advise them to do the self-publishing, right? Yes, I would. I mean, I always I always encourage clients to try first with traditional publishing mm -hmm. 
Um, because if they do get an in, if they do get accepted by a traditional publisher, it means that there is probably going to be money put behind that book to market it so that it reaches more people, right? Um, but if they've tried that and it hasn't worked and you have a wonderful story that you want to share with the world, I, I personally believe that you should try to share it with the world. Go ahead and self-publish it and do your very best to market it. Um, sometimes it's just a matter of, uh, I mean, some, I, ha I had one client that I worked with um, who she, it, it's a story of her father's life. And her father isn't, wasn't a, a, a famous person or anything, but he was extraordinary to her and to her family. And the main reason why she wrote this book was for her family and her children and her grandchildren so that his legacy could live on, basically. And so yeah. it, it also depends on your intention behind it. If your intention behind it is something like that, where you just want to make sure to preserve their legacy and so that you can share their life with the generations that may never meet this person, then please, you know, don't hold back on something like that because it is something that's so valuable. Um, on, the other on the other hand, I have a client that we're working with now and she is, um, she's writing the biography of a woman who is very well known um, in certain circles of the country that she's in. Um, I'm not sure if she's in Pakistan or in India, I'm not sure. But, um, and I don't know. I mean, this woman has an extraordinary life, right? Mm -hmm. She's had an extraordinary life. I don't know in the end if the client, because she's still writing it, I don't know if she will try to self-publish it or if she's going to try for a traditional publisher. But I would say to her that if she tries for a traditional publisher, then she should, in her query letter, she should explain that this person is famous in her you know, in her area, in her geographic area, because that will, um, that will sort of help them to pay attention a little bit more when they're reading that query and when they're considering the book. Okay. Okay. Perfect. Um, so alhamdulillah, we have reached the end of the questions. Um, and is there anything else that you wanted to share? And I, I know you don't like to be put on the spot as well. And I was going <laughs> to ask you to vote again for, for, for another topic, inshallah. So, should I do that right now? Like, what do you think next week's live should be if we have one next week? <laughs> or do you want uh, to message me later? I think, um, I, well, I love the idea of memoir. I really do. I love the idea of memoir. Um, there was something else that I did want to, that I did think was going to be really cool. I think it was one of the past, one of the, um, one of the topics that we had discussed that never got voted on. Um, I think that's that's what we should do, actually. You should look at, you know, the topics that, yeah. you know, didn't get voted on before and put those up in the poll, because I think lots of those are really wonderful and people will really um, appreciate the information that comes from those, inshallah. I know I, I didn't give you like an actual answer there, but but I at least I gave you a direction. <laughs> you did, you did, alhamdulillah. That's perfect. So inshallah, we'll do we'll do memoir, and then I'll just have a look at the couple of other topics. Which um, actually, people they were messaging me and they were saying, personally, I'd really like this topic, but it wasn't voted for. Will it be voted for again? So okay, we'll perfect. do that, inshallah. Perfect, um, inshallah. If, inshallah. If we have a live next week, if we do, and um, like we said, it's not every Tuesday, but we will um, definitely let you know beforehand, inshallah. So. So, um, thank you for uh, joining us today, Hind, uh, calming you. my soul as usual. Um, <laughs> <laughs> and inshallah, um, 
And we will uh, definitely be uh, speaking soon. And thank you for everyone for watching this and have a beautiful and blessed week. And if you have any questions about the upcoming course called The Right Hood, write your book in 90 days, then DM me anywhere where you're able to see that you can connect with me. Um, or you could just email me info.thestrangers at gmail.com. Um, and preferably just uh, sign up to our newsletter as well, um, which is in the link of our Welcome and Bio. Um, join the Society of Muslim Women Writers uh, here. <laughs> Beautiful. Great job, Aisha. Love it. And I hope you have a, a blessed week as well. I mean, I mean, and it's raining here. It's raining here a lot. Oh, so, subhanallah. So, subhanallah. A, a good time to lots make. Lots of dark. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. If you enjoyed this podcast, you can really help us out by leaving a rating or review on Apple Podcasts. It helps us get the word out. If you want updates on what's going on, sign up to our newsletter in the link to wherever you get your podcasts. Stay lit, stay woke, and have a wonderful week.